finish it up next week. Why? We're talking about why. Why do bad things happen? Why do crazy people go in and shoot up people in a college or in a school or in a church? Why are there tornadoes? Homes get blown away. One home gets blown away. One doesn't. Why do people get sick? Why do bad things happen to good people? We're looking at why. It's one of the biggest questions that I'm asked as a, as a preacher. Pastor, why? Why did that happen? Why? 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 Now, we started this last week, and to get all of what you need to get, you'll really need to go back and go on the Internet. You can get what we, the message from last week, what we talked about. I'll not take the time to go all through what we talked about last week. I will say this, that when you look at the reasons as to why things happen, I remember we brought this out last week. I believe it. You don't have to turn there, but you can note it. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says the secret things belong to who? To the Lord, to the Lord, our God. But the things that he has revealed, we can walk in the light of them. Just paraphrasing it, putting it in my own words. There are times where God will reveal to us why something bad happened. But there are many times that he doesn't. And so if he doesn't reveal something to us, then let's don't get bogged down into figuring out why. If he doesn't want us to know the reason, then let's just accept that and go on. What do you say? And walk in the light of what he has given us. Is that, is, is that right? That's good, good advice, isn't it? But notice here, and we'll move on here today as to why. Why bad things happen. Hosea 4, 6, we closed with this last time, so we'll open with it today. My people, talking about God's people, are destroyed for a what? For a lack of knowledge. A lack of knowledge. A lack of knowledge. And that is so very true. Of course, you know as well as I do in the natural realm... If you don't understand some things about electricity and you start dabbling with it, the very thing that's meant to bless can destroy you. Is that right? Is, is that correct? You start fooling with electricity and you don't know what you're doing, it'll kill you. It's no respecter of persons. You understand that? But if you understand how electricity works and how to, to deal with wires and things and circuit breakers, then if you handle it properly... And understand some things about it, then, then you'll be all right. Same thing's true in the in the spiritual arena. So what I want to do today is I want to go all the way back to the beginning, Genesis chapter one, and let's try to give you some some Bible knowledge as to why some bad things happen in this in this earth. Now you understand. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. Remember that? And uh, did you know God never goes out of his way to try to convince anybody that he exists? He just, I believe, assumes we've got good enough sense to realize that. He never gets into a debate about anybody concerning his existence. I believe that he is. How about you? And, of course, he, you know, in the creation process, I'm not going to go through all of that. But on the sixth day, he forms man of the dust of the ground and breathes into him the breath of life. And man became a living being. Then in the process of time, he causes a deep sleep to come upon the man. He removes a rib from his side, makes the woman. Is that right? And so we have Adam and his wife. Of course, Eve, Adam and Eve, Garden of Eden. Now, what you need to do is is do your best to get any. A lot of times the Sunday school classes that you may have had in the past will give you a certain uh, uh, 
view of creation and whatnot. A lot of times you go into Sunday school rooms or whatever and they'll have angels painted as fat little babies with wings. How many of you know angels aren't fat little babies with wings? How many of you know when, when a Christian dies and goes to heaven, they don't become an angel? You need to realize that. Is that right? Humans are actually created in a higher class than the angels. You need to realize that. And I'll not get in, into that. We'll talk about that maybe as we go and we talk about authority. But... Uh, Humans out, outrank angels in, in authority and class. You need to realize that. Now, angels are more powerful in might, but, but we have greater authority. But, but don't get the uh, thinking of creation that you see in many Sunday school rooms as you walk in and see pictures on the wall. Even of Adam and Eve. You need to realize that when God made Adam... There's a scripture, I believe, in the Psalms that says that he crowned him with glory and honor. And you need to realize that God's glory rested upon Adam and upon his wife, Eve. And they, that's the, one of the reasons they, you know, they were naked. They didn't realize it. They didn't realize it because they were surrounded with the glory of God, the power of God. You need to realize that. The glory of God. I personally believe that it would have been hard for us in our fallen state to look upon Adam and Eve because of the glory of God. You need, you, you need to realize that. I mean, they were made in the likeness and the image of God and surrounded with the glory of God, crowned with honor and glory and mighty and awesome beings. Just made just a little lower than God. Now you need to realize man is not God, never has been God, never will be God. God is God and the only man that can claim deity is Jesus. You need to realize that. Don't ever forget that. But the Bible says that God made man just a little lower than himself. Just a little lower than himself. Man was created as close to God as possible without being God. You need to realize that. And God crowned him with glory and honor. And he set him in paradise in the Garden of Eden. And in verse 26 of Genesis 1, notice this. God said, let us. Now, what does that mean, let us? That's very clear. The Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, said, let us make man in our image. We've talked about that. According to our likeness. And now watch this. Let them have what? Dominion. dominion. Realize, say dominion. dominion. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. You need to realize that man was given dominion in this, in this earth. Now the Bible says in another place... That the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Now, don't ever forget this, that the earth belongs to God. But he, I'll put it this way, he leased it out, if you will, to Adam and his wife. Now, you know as well as I do, if you were to own a house and you were to rent that house out, who owns the house? You own the house, is that right? But if you rent it out to somebody, the person you rent it to, do they have legal rights in there? They sure do. They have legal rights in that house as long as they have the lease. Could you as the owner come in there unannounced at 1 a.m. in the morning to do an inspection? No. How about if how about if you've rented this or leased rented lease? Same thing we'll say rented lease. Let's say you've leased this house out to somebody and uh, and they've gone on vacation and if it's not in that lease somewhere that you can come in there anytime you want, and you can't come in there anytime you want, but you've leased this thing out and they go on vacation, can you come in there and just look through their things? Do you have the legal right to go in the house that, do you have the legal right to go in the house that you own when they're out of town? Absolutely not. But, 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 but you own it. Yeah, you own it, but they have legal rights there. Is that correct? Same thing is true with this, with this earth. It belongs to God, the fullness thereof, but he leased it out, if you will, 
to Adam and his wife. Had complete dominion. Actually, they were the gods, little g. Say little g. You know what I mean, little g? There's God, big g, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and God, little g. Adam and his wife, Eve, were given dominion in this planet. They were, they were the gods of this, of this world system, if you will. You need to realize that. You understand that? Power and dominion. When Adam said something in this earth, it was so. And don't think for one minute that Adam was, was, was dumb or naive. He wasn't. He was intelligent. Science tells us, good medical science, that we only operate in just a, a fraction of our brain. And just think of the smarts that man has just using a fraction of the brain capacity. But think about Adam. I think his brain at full capacity before the fall was operating better and faster than any computer that we've seen. That's just what I personally think. Very intelligent. God ran all the animals by him. And he named every one of them, didn't he? Now you tell me he was a stupid individual. He wasn't. He was brilliant. Is that right? And God gave Adam and his wife Eve dominion. And notice chapter 2 verse 15 the Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you'll not eat of it. For in the day that you eat thereof, you shall what? You'll surely die. Now, people ask me why. We're talking about why. Why did God put the tree in the garden? It's very simple. God wanted this man and his wife to serve God, not because they had to, but because they wanted to. And in order for that to be the case, there has to be a choice. I said there has to be a choice. I want my wife to be with me and love me, not because she has to, but because she wants to. If she doesn't want to be with me, then I don't want her to be with me because I don't want that kind of a relationship. I want her with me because she wants to be with me because she loves me. And so she has that choice. Do you understand? And she feels the same way about me. She doesn't want me to be with her just because I have to be. She wants me with her because I've chosen I've chosen to love her unconditionally. And that's why the tree was put in that garden was to give man a choice. Because God wanted man to love him and serve him, not because man had to, but because man chose to and wanted to. You understand that? Now, there's much more we could say about it, I suppose, but that will be sufficient for, for this time. And he said, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you'll not eat of it. For in the day you eat thereof you'll surely die. Just to teach you something about the nature of humans. It seems that we always want what we cannot or should not have. I don't know, it seems that there's just something about the forbidden. I'm telling you this to warn you and to help you understand this about yourself. There's always something, it seems like there's, all, there's just something about the forbidden that tantalizes us. Did you hear what I just said? Something about the forbidden that tantalizes us. I've watched men over the years. Wouldn't matter who they're married to. They're always going to be wanting someone else. 
There's just something about the human nature that wants what it's not supposed to have. Did you hear what I just said? Wouldn't matter who the man's married to. Unless he fixes that within himself through what the Lord Jesus did. Through his death, burial, and resurrection, redemptive work. I remember JFK. Anybody remember him? And, and he had affairs when he was in the White House. Cheating on his wife. How many remembers that? The stuff, the stuff JFK did made what Bill Clinton did look menial. Is that right? I don't condone what either one of them did. I'm not here to pick on them. I'm trying to teach you something. But JFK said something. I'm trying to teach you something about your, yourself. You need to realize this about yourself. JFK made the statement. I think it was to his brother Bobby. He said... He said, he said this, he said, you know, Bob, he said, it's not the, the actual sex with these women that even is, is why I do it. He says, it's, the, it's doing that which is forbidden and getting away with it. He says, it causes such a rush within me. He said, I just can't hardly stand it. It wasn't even the sex. It was doing something that he shouldn't have been doing and getting away with it. You need to realize that, that about yourself. There's something about all of us that we, it seems we want what we shouldn't have. Let me tell you something about lust. It can never be satisfied. Only temporarily, momentarily, it can never be satisfied. Did you hear what I just said? I said it can never be satisfied. Only temporarily. Only Jesus will satisfy. Did you hear what I just said? The Bible talks about enjoying the pleasures of sin... Let me tell you something. Sin is fun. It's a whole lot of fun. But it's only for a short time. And the end of it is death. The end of it is destruction. And sin and the devil are out to do one thing and one thing only. And it's to kill you. And destroy you. And not only that, but hurt and destroy other people around you. Did you hear what I just said? So let's realize that about ourselves, and let's realize that lust can never be satisfied. And so let's not walk. Yeah, the Bible says walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Did you hear what I just said? And he was given here a directive by God of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Isn't that a good deal? You can eat of every one. There, there may have been thousands of trees out there. I don't know. Hundreds anyway. And he could have eaten of any one. But God said of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you'll not eat of it. For in the day you eat thereof, you shall what? Surely die. Now look at chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent, how many of you hates the devil besides me? I hate him. I have no use for him. You need to understand something about the devil. He will paint you a picture. He will paint you a picture that is so beautiful and so lovely and so wonderful. But at the end, the picture that the devil paints you, if you go along with it, it will destroy you. The devil is a deceiver. You need to understand that. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent... We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you'll not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you'll not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. The devil painted her a picture, didn't he? 
He twisted scripture. How many of you know that the devil knows scripture better than most Christians? The devil knows scripture better than most preachers. You understand that? When the devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness, did you know that he hit Jesus with the scripture? And if Jesus hadn't known the scripture better than the devil, Jesus would have been duped by the devil. But Jesus knew the scripture better than the devil. Can you say amen? But the woman, as we'll see, the devil was able to deceive her and trip her up. Now, right now, who in our story here, who has all the authority, the man and his wife? Is that right? And the serpent said to him, you'll not surely die. Verse five, for God knows that today you eat, your eyes will be open and be like God's knowing good and evil. So when the woman now watch this. So when the woman saw. Did she see something with her eyes? That the tree was good for food. It was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. The Bible says in 1 John, I believe it is, that all that's in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And that's what you see right there. And it's interesting, she also, see, a lot of Sunday school uh, uh, teachings will teach that Adam was off somewhere else in the garden, tending somewhere else in the garden. And when he showed up, his wife had already eaten. That's not how it happened at all. He was right there with her. It's clear to me he overheard the whole thing. And who had the authority at this time? The man had the authority. Adam had the authority. And he could have right there resisted the devil and run him right out of that garden. Is that correct? No doubt about it. But he didn't do it. And his wife gave to her husband notice with her. He was right there with her and he did eat. Do you see that? Then the eyes of both of them were opened. They knew that they were naked. What happened? The glory of God lifted from them. The glory of God lifted from them. They lost the glory of God. That honor and glory that surrounded them lifted from them. And now they knew that they were naked. Immediately, notice what they do. They go out and they sew fig leaves together and make themselves coverings. They try to cover up. They try to cover up. They try to cover up. How many of you know the cover up is always worse than the actual sin, isn't it? Did you hear what I just said? Verse 8, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Verse 9, then the Lord said, called Adam and said, where are you? Well, you know as well as I do, God, being all-knowing, knew where they were. He didn't ask that question for his benefit. He asked that question for their benefit. And I want to ask you that question today. Where are you? Where are you today? Where are you with God? Where, where are you with the Lord? Where is your walk with God today? So he heard, verse 10, so he, so he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was, I was what? I was what? Now you see, after he sinned, after he sinned against God, now you see fear. You wonder where, why, why bad things happen. Why is there all these bad things happen? It's right here. You trace everything right back to right here. Now you see fear. You see fear. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? See, God knew what happened, but he was trying to get the man to see it. Then the man said, and here's what happens. It's still true to this day. Still true today. The man said, the woman. Something else you need to understand about, about the way you're put together and the way I'm put together. We always want to point the finger and lay the blame somewhere else. And we need go no further than the mirror 
to find the problem. He says, the woman you gave me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. So the Lord looks at the woman. What is this you've done? The woman said, now she points a finger at who? At the serpent. Or point the finger, point the finger at somebody else. Let's just step up to the plate and say, I did it. That's what God's looking for. To step up to the plate and say, I've sinned, I messed up. Until we're willing to admit that we've missed it, we can't be helped. I don't care what anybody says, you can't help an alcoholic until they're ready to be helped. You can't help a drug addict till they're ready to be helped. All you can do is put band-aids on a cancer. That's all you can do. You can't help people until they're ready to be helped. It's so sad that so, so many times people have to go all the way to the bottom of the barrel and into the pig pen before they'll see it. The serpent deceived me and I ate. And she got that right. The serpent did deceive her. And when they ate, they were cut off from the life of God. And sickness, disease, poverty, separation from God, tornadoes, hurricanes, droughts, floods, weather, climate changes. Changed. Ultimately, ultimately in the process of time, the animal kingdom changed. You need to realize that when you see a lion chasing down a zebra and chewing that zebra to smithereens, you need to understand that was never the way God intended for it to be. It affected the animal kingdom. It affected the, the planet. When Adam and Eve sinned, she said, the serpent deceived me. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God, it was more than just biting into a piece of fruit. Adam committed high treason against God. Did you hear what I just said? He committed high treason against God. And what Adam did is he gave the authority to this planet over to and delivered it to Satan himself. Did you hear what I just said? That's what happened. When Adam disobeyed God and ate of the fruit, he gave the authority to this planet over to the devil. The next time you sit with a loved one, hopefully you never will have to, but if you ever sit with a loved one and watch them die, how many of you wish loved ones would never have to die? How many of you wish we'd never have to go to the funeral parlor? How many, how many, how many of you wish that? How many wish we'd never have to go to a hospital and see somebody suffer? How many wish that there'd never have to be sickness and disease in your body? You wish that, don't you? It can all be traced back right there. And people want to blame God and get mad at God and say, God's the fault. I'm here today to tell you God isn't the fault. It's the slimy devil. And the devil is a deceiver. Say he's a deceiver. Look at 1 Timothy 2.13. Just stick with me a little bit longer. You enjoy the teaching of the word of God. First Timothy 2.13 says, For Adam was formed first, then who? Then Eve. We read that. We talked about that. Watch this. Adam, was he or was he not deceived? What does the Bible say? He was not deceived. Did he full well... See, this makes it even worse. The woman... Look at that. The woman being deceived fell into transgression. She was deceived, but Adam... Was not. He knew full well what he was doing when he sinned. 
And it's cost all of us. It's cost every last one of us. That's the reason people die. It's because Adam sinned in the garden. The Bible says that death entered through Adam and it's passed down to all of us. Isn't that sad? But let's, and, and I, I need to say this because somebody said to me one time, well, if I'd have been in the garden, I wouldn't have sinned. I wouldn't have messed up. I kind of think you would have and I kind of think I would have too. The reason I know that is because the Bible says Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Aren't you glad that God has fix-ups for our mess-ups? God's always many steps ahead of the devil. Amen? But you know, I realize this, that whether you're deceived or whether you're not, this fallen condition is the same. Was Adam deceived? He was not deceived. The woman was deceived, but both of them are in the same fallen state. Did you get what I just said there? Whether deceived into sin or whether you go into sin full well knowing what you're doing, the result is the same. It's death. But I want to teach you something about the devil here as I begin to close this. Don't forget that the devil is a deceiver. Real loud say the devil is a deceiver. You need to understand that the devil is a deceiver. And he's real. I hate him, but he's real good at what he does. The devil is a liar. He's a real good liar. Did you hear what I just said? And he'll come to you. And he'll. You need to realize this. The Holy Ghost will not put pressure on you. But the devil will press you. And he'll press you. Brian, you need to go ahead and do it. You need to go ahead and do it. Something wrong. You need to go ahead and this devil. You need to go ahead and do it. Need to go ahead and do it. Nobody will ever find out. Nobody will ever know. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and sin. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. Now what he should do is say, get thee behind me, Satan. And if he's submitted to God and he does that, go ahead. Say, get thee behind me, Satan. Satan will go away. But he won't stay away. You ever notice where he left Jesus for a while, but then he came back? More opportune time, and he'll come back, and he'll keep pressing and pressing and pressing and pressing and pressing and pressing and pressing. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. That girl, she's so beautiful, and Debbie will never know. Debbie's his wife. I'm telling you how the devil operates. But you know what? Even if Debbie never knows, there's somebody who knows. It's God. And the Bible says your sin will find you out. It may not find you out today, tomorrow, next week, next month, or next year, but it will if you don't repent. You said this message was for somebody. I don't think, I don't think that, that... I'm teasing with him. You don't know how right you are, not on that to you, but... People need to hear these things. That's how the devil operates. And just when you think you've resisted him, he's left you alone, that pressure lifts, guess what? Brian. Brian, go ahead. Go ahead. You're out of town. Go ahead. You, you, can, you, can, you, can, you can go ahead and, and drink and get a little bit drunk. Nobody will ever know. It's just a little bit. That's how the devil operates. You just have to get down here where people live. I'm just picking on him because he knows I'm just making this stuff up. But this is how the devil operates. This is not applying to him. But the devil will lie. And cheat and steal and everything else. I hate the devil. How many hates the devil? And he'll try to get you to believe a lie. You know, the Bible says you can believe a lie and be, and be damned. Did you know that? He's a deceiver. And you know the devil has, listen to me now, the devil has deceived people to the point that they blame God for things that God didn't do. I said the devil 
will deceive people to the point they will blame God for things that God did not do. God's not a baby killer, but the devil will tell you that he is. God doesn't put sickness and disease on people, but the devil will tell you that he does. The devil is so slimy that, and the Bible says if you're ignorant of the devil's devices, he'll take advantage of you. Here's how the devil works. He'll put sickness on somebody and he'll blame it on God. And I've seen people spitting mad, cussing mad at God for something that the devil did, but they thought God did it. I've watched people walk away from God, that they served God for years, but something bad happened to one of their family members, and the devil will come. The reason they died, God put the sickness on them. He put the cancer on them. That's how the devil operates. How many of you know God's not putting cancer on anybody? Is that right? But the devil lays that off on God and some people will bite into it and they'll believe it. And they'll get mad at God to the point they're spitting mad at him, cussing mad at him. And they'll walk away from him and not serve him anymore. Look at Revelation 20 verse 7. Come on, stick with me. You okay to stick with me a little bit? Just stick with me. Just just a little bit, a little bit yet. Revelation 20, verse 7. Now, when the thousand years have expired. Now, think about this. This is at the end of the millennial reign. When Jesus has reigned upon the earth for a thousand years. This is out in our future. Satan, during that time, will be locked in the bottomless pit. He'll be released from his prison. And he will, verse 8, go out to do what? To deceive the nations. Now, you would think after Jesus was reigning for a thousand years that nobody would be deceived. But notice, he goes out, the devil goes out to deceive the nations, which are in the four corners of the earth. Gog and Magog, gathering them together to battle, whose numbers is the sand of the sea. Notice this, that the devil, even at that time, is able to draw multitudes and multitudes and multitudes of people away from God at that time. You know why he's able to do that? Would you like to know why the devil's able to do that? Let me tell you. During the millennial reign, God, just like now, doesn't make anybody come worship him. The devil will try to pressure you to get you to worship him, but God will never put any pressure on you to worship him. Did you know that? You're not here today because you have to be. You're here today, hopefully, because you choose to be. And during the millennial reign, be no different. You won't have to. Worship God and the people that don't go up to Jerusalem regularly to worship God and to hear the word of the Lord. I believe they're the ones that are going to be deceived at the end of this millennial reign. And same thing's true today. If you refuse to come to church, sit under the word of God, hear the word of God. You set yourself up to be deceived by the devil. If you won't come and sit under the word of God and listen to the word of God and study the word of God throughout the week, you set yourself up to be deceived by the devil. Did you hear what I just said? The devil's a deceiver. Now go to Psalm 115 verse 16. Spirit of the Lord wants me to end this a certain way, so we want to, we want to get what he, what he wants. Now don't unhook from me just yet. Psalm 115, verse 16. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. Does heaven belong to God? Yeah. But the earth, he's given to who? The children of who? Children of men. Do you see that in your Bible? Psalm 115, 16. Psalm 115, verse 16. Do you have that in your Bible? Psalm 115, 115. Psalm 115. Do we have that? Psalm 115, verse 16. Do you have it in your Bibles? There it is. The heaven, even the heavens are who? The Lord's. But the earth he's given to who? And when he gave that to the children of men, who did, who did Adam give it to? The devil. So you want to know why things are messed up? You want to know why things are goofed up? You want to know... Why there's sickness, why there's disease, why there's stealing, killing, abortion. 
You want to know why there's homosexuality? You want to know why there's lesbianism? You don't want to know why there's adultery and fornication and every kind of wicked and evil? You want to know why there's gossiping? You want to know why there's backbiting? You want to know why all this stuff is going on? I'll tell you why it's going on. It's going on because Adam committed high treason against God. Adam and Eve sinned against God. Let's don't get mad at God. Let's get mad at the devil and put the anger where it needs to be. Now, notice in Luke, the fourth chapter in the fifth verse. Now, notice this. Luke, the fourth chapter in the fifth verse. The devil took Jesus up on a high mountain. This is when he was testing him and and and. Uh, tempting him, I should say. The devil taking him up on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, now notice what the devil said to Jesus. All authority I will give you and their glory for this has been delivered to me and I give it to whoever I wish. And do you know Jesus never disputed him on that? Because the devil was telling the truth there. See, the thing about the devil, you never know when he's telling the truth and when he's telling a lie. But we know that he's telling the truth here because he said, all authority I'll give you and their glory for this has been delivered to me. Where did he get it from, guys? He got it from from who? From Adam. Who did Adam get it from? God. God gave it to Adam. Then who did Adam give it to? The devil. And notice what the devil says. All authority I'll give you. Now he says this to Jesus. All authority I'll give you and their glory. For this has been delivered to me and I'll give it to whoever I wish. Therefore, watch this. He's speaking to Jesus. He says, therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. Do you see what the devil wants Jesus to do? The devil is trying to get Jesus to do the exact same thing that Adam did in the Garden of Eden. He's trying to get Jesus to bow his knee to him. And he says, if essentially, if you'll bow your knee to me, I'll give you all this authority. For it was delivered unto me. I got it from Adam. And I'll give it to you if you'll bow down and worship me. But how many of you are glad that Jesus knows the word of God better than the devil? Glory to God. And he said this right here in verse 6. Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only will you serve. Can you say amen? And how many of you are glad that Jesus did not take the shortcut to get this authority? He didn't. And listen, I'm telling you right now, when the devil comes and he pressures you and says, oh, well, take the shortcut. Don't do it God's way, because if you do it God's way, it's going to be harder. It's going to take longer. Do it my way. Let's cheat a little bit. Let's steal a little bit. Let's let, let, let's be a little bit underhanded here and you'll get to where you want to go a whole lot faster. Do not believe the devil, because if you bite into that, it might look good for a while, but eventually you'll go under. But if you do it. God's way. It may take longer. It may be harder. But in the end, glory to God, it'll be eternal and everlasting. I'm so glad that Jesus did not bow his knee to the devil right here and take the shortcut to get the authority to this planet. How many of you are glad Jesus didn't take the shortcut? No, he didn't take the shortcut, but rather what he did is he went to the cross. First, he went to the whipping post and they beat his back to smithereens. And then he went to the cross and they nailed him to the cross and he hung suspended between heaven and earth for, for, for from nine o'clock in the morning till three o'clock in the afternoon. And he hung there crowned with thorns and he's hanging suspended between heaven and earth. And all, all, all the sin of mankind is laid upon him. All the sickness and all the disease of mankind is laid upon him there as he hangs upon the cross suspended between heaven and earth. His blood flowing from his veins, that holy, precious blood that can wash away sin that's flowing from his veins. He's suspended between heaven and earth, hanging upon the cross, and then he dies. Real loud, say he dies. And he dies. He died the death that you're supposed to die and the death that I'm supposed to die, but he died it in our place. Can you say amen? 
And the Bible is very clear. Study your Bible. That after he died upon the cross, he descended and went down into hell. And the Bible's clear that he suffered in hell. And he suffered in the lowest parts of hell. The Bible's clear. The very abyss. The same place where the demons didn't want to go. When Jesus cast him out of the legion. That, that legion out of that maniac. And, and, and they went in. They went into the swine. How many remember that? They didn't want to go into that abyss. But Jesus went into that abyss, you see, for you and for me. He suffered there for three days and and three nights. And at the end of that time, bless God, the power of God came on him and raised him up. Hooked it. See, he was cut off for you and for me. He was separated from from the life of God for three days and three nights for you and for me. The Bible says Messiah will be cut off, but not for himself. He was cut off, not for himself, but for you and for me. And he suffered there for three days and three nights in the lowest regions of hell. On the third day, the power of God. See, when that when when that when that when that penalty that Adam that Adam that 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 crime that he committed in the Garden of Eden it had to be paid. And at the end of that three days and three nights, it was fully paid through what Jesus did on the cross, through his shed blood, through his death on the cross, through what he did in hell. All of it through his virgin birth, the whole thing. It's a package deal. But on the third day, when the claims of a holy God were met, the power of God hit him, and glory to God, he came up out of the regions of the doom. He came and he took the keys of hell and of death. He made a show of them openly. The Bible says over demons. In power. He walked across that great gulf, across that great divide where nobody had ever walked with the keys of hell and of death. Glory to God. He walked across. He came into paradise where he's with the thief now. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Bible said they had a they had a worship service in there. And then he, his spirit came up out of out of the inner workings of the earth. He came back into his body. Glory to God. The power of God hit his body and, and, and it glorified his body. And now his spirit. Glory to God. Born again firstborn from the dead. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. His spirit comes back into his body. The power of God hits his body. Glorified body. The angel comes down, rolls back the stone. Jesus walks out. Glory to God. And he says, all authority in heaven and in earth has been given unto me. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Whoa, glory to God. My God, if you can't get excited about that, you need to get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost start speaking in tongues. Can you say amen? See, he could have taken the shortcut, but all mankind would have been lost and abandoned to a devil's hell. But Jesus didn't take the shortcut. He did it God's way. And even in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Father, if there be any other way, let this cup pass. But there wasn't any other way. And he drank the cup of judgment and of death. He's raised from the dead. And he obtained that authority that Adam gave to the devil in the Garden of Eden. He took it back by conquest. He didn't take it back by worshiping that old slew foot, mangy coyote devil. No. But rather he went into the regions of hell itself and made a show of him openly and defeated him. Can you say amen? Kicked his teeth in, bless God. Stripped him, praise God. Dethroned him, pulled his teeth. Can you say amen? He just beat the smithereens out of the devil. Glory to God. Came out of the tomb and said that authority that God gave Adam, now I've got it. And he obtained it by conquest. Glory to God. You ought to think about that sometime. Oh, Diane, if people would just get caught up with God, if they just get caught up with the word of God, if they just get caught up with the power of God, I'm here today to tell you that you I tell you what, I wouldn't take anything the world has to offer for 10 seconds of what's on me right now. Praise God for 10 seconds of what was on me the other night. Praise God. When that spirit of faith, that power, that gift of faith came on me, the other, I, you couldn't pay me. I wouldn't take anything for 10 seconds of what's on me right now. Praise God. There's no alcohol that will compare with this. There's no drugs that will compare with this. 
Did you hear what I just said? There's no sex that will compare with this. There's no vacation I've ever been on. I've been to some pretty nice places. But I'd rather have the power of God on me for ten seconds. Glory to God. It's all made possible because Jesus got the authority back that Adam lost. That Adam gave it away and Jesus came and took it back. And I'll close with this. Jesus coming out of that tomb with all authority and all power. And he essentially turns to his disciples. And he says, all authority in heaven and in earth has been given unto me. And then he gives that authority over to his disciples, over to his followers. And he says, you take my name and you take this authority and you rise up in this authority and you rise up in the name of Jesus and you run the devil out, you cast out demons, you lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Can you say amen? So I'm going to teach you next week and as we go over the next few weeks to take this authority, to take this. I tell you what, I am so tired of the devil running roughshod over God's people. You need to know who you are in Christ. You need to know the authority that you have in Christ. You need to learn, and I'm going to teach you how to flow in these things so that when the tornado is headed toward your house, you cannot... Oh, Lord, please do something. No, he's already done everything he's going to do. You rise up in the... We've done it. You rise up. You speak to those, those tornadoes. And you command them to dissipate before they get to you. Or you give them a multiple choice test. You can dissipate. Or you can go north. Or you can go south. Or half of you can go north. And half of you can go south. A, B, C, D. Not, not E. But you give, them a, you give them a multiple choice. But you're not tearing my house down in the name of Jesus. Can you? Say amen. Let's start standing up up to the devil. We have nothing to fear, nothing to be afraid of. Did you hear what I just said? You have nothing to be afraid of. 